0: Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life-balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer.
1: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Ayers on the Road. We're kind of on the, on the road and the sea and the, the air. air. We're in a, a beautiful spot Many of you know the San Juan Islands in the Northwest, and we are on Blakely Island, and it is just a gorgeous, gorgeous place. We're above a store that is being run this summer by our son Jonah and his family. His wife, Asia, and their four children. So there may be a little ambient noise with people coming in and out of the store below us, but you'll appreciate that as we get into this further and tell you more about what we're doing today.
2: We are on one of the most gorgeous spots on earth. Our son's uh, wife, Asia's family, has had a place here for a long time, maybe 80 years or something. A great-grandfather first settled here. And now they have come every year and progress and progress and brought their kids and they've had great experiences here but we have never been here that is shameful that
1: is shameful but
2: it is really hard to get here
1: <laughs> it's really in our hard. defense it takes a whole day to get here and you um, get a lot of you get a lot of experiences you drive and then you fly and then you uh, go on a boat and then you go and a then plane. you fly in a
2: little plane <laughs> a five passenger plane when we were the only in fact we're flying out again today
1: but this is not a travelog, but but the reason we're telling you where we are, other than the name of the show is Iris on the road, is that we wanna we wanna use this experience in this location to make some points about parenting. Some parenting points,
2: right, honey? <laughs> well some interesting thing about the different way people parent. I mean, everybody has their own way of parenting and so on and and actually, in Jonah and Asia's case, both of their parents were a little bit crazy,
1: as far as <laughs> you know,
2: traveling and doing wild all, adventures. You should know and when stuff. we
1: say a little bit crazy, we always mean it as a compliment
2: to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, it is really kind of crazy, but we built a log cabin up in Oregon, not too far from here, um, about. Oh, how many years ago? Oh, a a long time ago. 30 years ago or so um, in the summer when we had the kids.
1: And by the way, I just have to tell you that in the second half of the show, we're going to have a special guest. And her name is Poem. And she's one of the kids in this family we're going to be talking about. And she is a lot of fun to talk to, as you'll see. So, She's crawling by us right now to go to the other room. But, (laughs) Poe, come back in about 10 minutes or so. Anyway, uh, the name of the show today will reveal a lot. The name we're giving the show today is Parents, colon, One Goal, Many Methods. Now, think about that for a minute. We all kind of want, and, and I think we can speak to this fact, Linda, because we've met with and spoken to parents literally all over the world, and we can tell you, and you can tell yourself because you know this intuitively, we all want to raise joyful, responsible, sensitive children. I think that's a pretty pretty universal desire of all parents. We wanna raise joyful, responsible, sensitive children and that is never easy. (laughs) Never easy, and
2: everybody has a different way of doing it.
1: That's the point, Linda. There's so many, one method, or excuse me, one goal, many methods, and the reason we're excited to talk about this today is because Jonah and Asia, this family that we're staying with right now on Blakely Island, we're going to kind of tell you their story, because it represents, I think, some, some rather extreme methods, and I mean that in a complementary way they're not methods that all of us or most of us or very few of us actually could use but they illustrate the sort of creative ways that parents can try to develop their goals and develop their children in the way that they're hoping to don't you
2: think honey absolutely um let us just say that uh they started in. um they've always been crazy actually <laughs> <laughs> they uh they got engaged here on blakely island and uh as the new century came around in right. two thousand nineteen um, ninety nine 1999 midnight Eve, it is
1: amazing the start of the they got engaged as the new millennium began
2: right and we just saw the little cabin where they got engaged and, and sat of the chair and uh that has been the, the beginning of an amazing story
1: and since then they've they've partially raised their children in Australia, partly in Las Vegas. No, no,
2: New Zealand, not Australia.
1: You oh, forgot. sorry, New Zealand. Yes. Well,
2: so, what am I saying? So Jonah um, became a contractor and built some luxury homes in Las Vegas and had a nice little uh, eggs nest. And... Is it an egg's nest? Anyway. A nest egg. A nest egg. And uh, <laughs> and they had a lovely life, but they decided they had enough right then. And they were gonna got out a map and said, where's the best place on earth to live? And they decided it Remember was. Remember they
1: made a chart, like yeah. a like a like a spreadsheet, and they had like 15 different rankings. Um, how beautiful is it? How simple is the lifestyle there, just all these different things, and they gave various places they were looking at. Uh, a grade from one to 10 and then they totaled them up and the one that got the highest score was New Zealand. (laughs) New Zealand. (laughs) I remember one of the reasons it got a high score is it had the lowest uh, ratio of attorneys to population, <laughs> we they, don't need. They to go into, simplicity. We don't need to go
2: into all those details, but very, very they are so fun. Uh, Asia graduate, graduated graduated in Harvard undergrad, and uh, Jonah found her there. He was going to. Uh, UMass and our kids were in Boston and they found each other. It was just so fun because they have created an amazing life. Um, so after New Zealand, um, they've just gone to these exotic places. They've landed in Hawaii.
1: Well, um, but, but let's just say that none. this was all very deliberate and it was deliberate. In fact, let's jump just for a second. Let's jump back. Many of you who are listening know that that our our parenting book the the three the sequential parenting books that we wrote years ago were about this universal goal that we feel all parents have raising joyful responsible sensitive children and We wrote a book called Teaching Children Joy that many of you know about that became Joy School. We wrote a book called Teaching Children Responsibility, and we wrote one called Teaching Children Sensitivity. But little did we know, honey, that each of our children in their own parenting would approach the same goals, because I think all parents have those goals, but in a very, very different way. And the reason we're highlighting and sort of spotlighting Jonah and Asia is because they're approach was so extreme in some ways that while not being able or even desirous of emulating it, a lot of parents have said they learned a lot from watching them. So that's just by background. And And they, they left uh, New Zealand. They, they lived in the, the, the peninsula of, of Washington, at a place called Squim uh, for a while. And the reason they moved there is because they had an opportunity to do a kind of work there that this is where they could have livestock and they could do other things as they could in austria and in uh, new zealand but then they went to germany remember for a while they wanted their kids to learn uh oh they went to spain no and oh sorry spain spain Spain, yeah
2: because they wanted them to learn english
1: spanish i mean spanish (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then, oh, that was
1: a joke. <laughs> it was a joke, and so <laughs> they ended up in the wrong province, and they, they were sending their kids to school, and the schools weren't in Spanish; they were in. Uh, a dialect a dialect.
2: Oh, gosh. We'll think of that in a minute. But it really has been an amazing life. They, they are now home-based in Hawaii and Maui, and you've heard us report from Maui, and we've talked about them before yeah, yeah, in, yeah. on the show a lot yeah. because we've been with them. But now, living with them in this new environment is so fun because they've brought the kids here to work for the store. I mean, we've got uh, Poe, the cash register. She's 11, and we've got... Elsie making donuts in the back every morning, he gets up early and makes them from scratch and decorates them and sells them. Right. And then we've got their son and a friend working in the back. Uh,
1: Running the marina, bring, pumping bring, the gas. Bringing the food the out through that,
2: the windows and the marinas. In. And it's just, it's. and I then mean, another daughter. Job.
1: Yeah. One of them raises the flag every morning and takes it down every night. they they all have assignments it's a lot it's a full day's work every day for oh, all of them absolutely. to keep this going it's the only commercial establishment on the island it's where people come for gas for food for everything and a lot of people live here but a lot of people are just coming through the marina and uh, talk about one stop shopping for teaching responsibility this this second goal that we all have these kids and the youngest is Ezra who's eight years old and uh, he's doing just fine and learning his responsibilities yes he's driving
2: the four wheelers around uh, he took off with uh, Camden this morning uh, in the front in, in the driver's seat and um, <laughs> they are. we went fishing last last night and last lake, evening a beautiful lake
1: up in the, it's a little like does it remind you of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn
2: <laughs> a little bit <laughs> because they're just learning so much. It is amazing. And they're smart, like that Huckleberry fan.
1: Again, I get back to these three goals of joyful, responsible, and sensitive. Think how they're all playing out, Linda. I mean, the joy we see in their faces as we go up in these beautiful mountains and look out over the San Juan Islands and watch sunsets and uh, and experience nature in in such a grand and pristine way. That that's one kind of joy. And boy are they learning it. But also the sensitivity we watch them interact with customers in the store and to try, you know, can I help you? What can you what do you need? How can I serve you? It's just a beautiful thing to watch that young kids can be that tuned into the needs of other people and, and be empathetic and and service oriented right
2: yes and then the, you know the really great thing about them is that they'll never really be wealthy but they'll never want for anything because they are so uh, conservative they're they're totally uh green i mean they take care of the, uh, the ecosystem. they recycle
1: everything they recycle everything literally even they, they even use you know Old used vegetable oil to run their cars rather than gasoline, <laughs>
2: and that is that's
1: kind and that's of a another thing right now, right? But
2: it is so fun to see um, see them really thrive on this and to and to stick with it. They are both committed, and they're so wonderful.
1: Again, we're not throwing this out there as some ideal sort of standard way to raise children. We're just saying all of us find our own ways to try to teach joy, to try to teach responsibility, and to try to teach sensitivity and empathy. And in their case, at least, and I I know for a lot of parents we talk to, trying to help kids grow up as, I guess a good term is citizens of the world, aware, um, understanding diversity, realizing that they can learn from people in all different cultures and so on. And that's part of the reason that they've lived abroad and that they may do so again. Um you wouldn't think Maui, Hawaii would be a play a particular choice in this type of lifestyle because in fact, many people when they were moving there said you'll never, you know it's too expensive. but they have found a way. they've they've made it work. They yeah. bought a plantation home that was over a hundred years old. they've restored it. They work together on these construction projects.
2: And you might say, "Well, but what about education in Hawaii, Maui? How how good is the education?" Good question. Well, they've seemed to do well so far, and you know this because if you've been listening for a long time, their oldest daughter um, is at Columbia. For her junior, going into her junior year swimming for Columbia and their next son just got accepted at Harvard. He's just getting ready to leave.
1: A freshman at Harvard College.
2: Uh, Yeah. In about three weeks.
1: And you may say, how do they afford it? Well, you know, the best schools in the world are need based, right? And uh, intentionally, Jonah and Asia don't have a lot of income because they barter a lot and they grow their own food and they are very, very resourceful on recycling. And so it's a it's a lifestyle most people don't consider. But there are lessons in it. There are lessons. Well, but,
2: but so those Ivy League schools do a fabulous job of helping these families that don't have a yeah, big income. Right. And they've known that. And so they've done this on purpose. It really is so fascinating to see.
1: We're out of time for the first half of the show, but uh, we hope you're enjoying this. We're going to try to tie it all together in the second half and say what do we what do what do normal people learn <laughs> about raising children from this rather extreme example yeah
2: but we're gonna bring poe on here too so hang on you are in for a treat we'll be back in just a minute
0: welcome back to Ayers on the road here's richard and linda Eyer.
1: And we're back on ours on the Road, talking about raising joyful, responsible, sensitive children. And I just happen to have one right by me who's all three of those things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but a grandchild.
1: <laughs> uh, but a grandchild. So, Poe, tell us a little about what you've liked about being on Blakely and running the store.
0: Um, it's good for my experience and stuff.
1: Yeah. Have you? What
2: do you do? What do you do most days? During when you get up in the morning, what do you do?
0: Um, I I run the the counter and I make coffees and stuff.
1: All right. And can you do you when people pay, you check them out? Yeah. Make change if they have cash. Do most people have cash or credit cards up there?
0: I think like thirty percent have uh, cash, and the other percent has seventy percent has credit
1: card. Do you, get a, do you get a few tips now and then?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Poe. So what's your favorite place you've lived so far with your family, or is, do you like them all for different reasons?
0: Uh, I like all of them. Uh, I really like Maui. I had a lot of pets there, like my chicken.
1: Yeah, <laughs> tell tell a little about it. Hey, Poe had a great – we lived there. You listeners know we lived there every winter for a couple of months, and one of our favorite things is that we get to buy fresh eggs from Po Tell a little about your chicken business how many you had and how you how you did that
0: um, I started off with I think 15 chickens and I raised them until they were older and they started laying eggs and then that summer I got 25 more and so I I raised them and uh, I, I sold their eggs to my neighbors and to Grammy and grandfather.
2: Yeah. How? Well, uh, let me ask you a question. How, um, how hard was that? I mean, what did you have to do to raise them? Um,
0: at the beginning, it was pretty hard because I had to, because I had to like wake up every morning and fill up their water and food, like really early. But when they get older, you don't have, you don't have to wake up every morning and fill up their water.
1: Right, oh, right. They can just
0: lay eggs after. How that. many yeah.
1: eggs does each does each one lay? Uh, one a day, or is that?
0: Yeah, each one one a day.
1: Wow, that's but great.
0: Some of them might not lay if they didn't get enough sunlight that day or food or something.
1: Did you buy them as eggs or as little chicks?
0: Little chicks.
1: Okay, and they came in the mail, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, so would you say that's your that's your favorite business you've had so far?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was hard, though. That was a lot of hard work. She used to bring us warm eggs. I mean, the eggs yeah. were still warm.
1: <laughs> How um, does that compare, Poe, with working in the store?
2: I don't know. Uh, it's it,
0: You have a lot way more people in the store working with you. Yeah. Right.
2: So where's your favorite place on island to go? We went on a great hike yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that hike is pretty cool, and the lake is pretty fun, too.
2: Oh yeah. And then we were at the lake fishing, jumping off the raft. It was so fun.
1: Yeah, Poe. Um, do you um what do you learn from working in the store that you couldn't learn from your chicken and egg business, do you think?
0: When I was doing my egg business, I didn't really I mostly just had these same people that I was selling to, but now that I'm running the store there are tons of different people that I can meet and stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Is well, that pretty and, fun, just meeting just random people?
2: Yeah. And you're making some money here, but how much money did you finally make on your egg business? Well,
0: starting off with my egg business, I only had $300, and that just went went straight to the chickens, and I was kind of in debt with my mom
1: for a while.
0: <laughs> and then they started buying eggs, and I was, like, out of debt. And I I think I made 2000 300 or something you did wow. Yeah. <laughs> i didn't even know and that you were
1: 10 at the time <laughs> that's fantastic yeah. how much of that did you save
0: oh um i put i i saved all of it except for a hundred dollars
1: what are you gonna what do you think that money will be for what, what will you use it for
0: any,
1: uh, any idea
0: i put most of it in my roth ira
1: in your roth ira <laughs> fantastic why is that a good place to put it
0: um, because he, uh,
1: <laughs> is, I
0: don't, I don't know what, is it not because to say your it.
1: grandfather matches it. Yeah. I don't want to
0: not, <laughs> not say that. And like, yeah. if that's you like, didn't,
1: you didn't know if you could say that, right. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's like, it's like a magic deal. It doubles overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is awesome. But what, what about uh, when I watch you in the store? With people, you're so you're so friendly with them, and they they seem to like you right away. What's the key to having a, a quick conversation with someone? How do you do that? Is it just your beautiful smile?
0: <laughs> just talk you're, to them, and you just laugh with them, and make jokes and stuff. Well,
2: I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, she is so great. Make with jokes and laugh, and ask them a few questions, and give them that nice smile, and suddenly you've got a new friend.
2: Yeah, that's right. But before we let you go, tell us what your job is at night in the morning. What's the first thing that you do? Um, wait. Do you put the flag up? Oh, or? yeah,
0: I put the flag up.
2: <laughs> put the flag up, and then at night you take it down, right? Yep. That is so great.
1: And she's working on the cash register. So what we've been talking about, Poe, is the goal of every parent is to have their kids be joyful or happy, to have them be responsible, and to have them be sensitive and and uh, conversational with other people. It seems to me like you're learning all three of those on yeah. this island.
2: <laughs> pretty, pretty well.
1: Do you right. say, you know,
2: my last question is, do you think you'd want to do this with your kids someday? Yeah.
0: I feel like we're a little too young, but well, – so- <laughs> Too young to
1: make
2: that decision.
1: No, too young to be, do all the things they're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would
0: wait for my kids just to be a little bit older, like uh, 14 or 15 or something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: I
0: mean, it, it's it's good for the kids. It's just, I bet it's really hard for my mom and stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, good point. Yeah. Things she things. has to do a lot of supervising and teaching because yeah. you're all so young. Does Ezra really do anything? <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, he's right sitting right next to us. Uh, he collects money, money from the shower. Uh, we have a shower on our side bathroom and you put a quarter in, you get like a minute or something. All right. <laughs> and he collects all that money and he collects all the money from the washing machine and
2: he sometimes helps me with the flag.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> there's the eight-year-old to do that. That's
2: great. But the older kids are really helpful. Yeah, It's fun to work, work with your brothers and sisters. Yes. Brothers and sisters, yeah.
1: Well, you can all see how awesome Poe is. You can all see why she's our favorite grandchild. Actually, all the kids think that they're our favorite, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Poe's pretty sure about it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Poe. You're you're going to be walking around someday and someone's going to say, wait, are you Poe? I heard you on the radio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for coming. in. Okay. You can go down and work the tail if you
1: want. Yeah, there's probably a line of customers down there waiting for you. <laughs> well, and we could have had Ezra on. I mean, Ezra, you want to say hi, Ezra, real fast? Come over yeah. here. Oh, come on here, over here. Here comes our eight-year-old. Yeah. He, Ezra, sit right here on this chair for a it's minute. It's just voice; they can't really see. What do you like best about you. being up here, living on this island?
3: I think I like best probably just running the store, and I I really like that we have two houses. Do you two
1: houses? Yeah. House. You mean one? You mean the store and the other house? Yeah. Because then, you, if you don't like one, you can go over to the other one. Yeah,
3: and then when I when I kind of get bored of that one, then I can go to the other one.
1: and and
3: my another one of my favorites is i love driving four-wheeler
1: oh you do and why can you do that on this island because you're a little young you're only half as old as you need to be to have a life i
3: learned when i was like four i drive the the blue one where you have to stop all the way and then shift Uh but then then with like your hand but then in the in the red four wheeler, I finally figured out how to shift. So now I know that it's way faster and way easier oh, you
2: don't have there to, you go, I go
3: all and the way you down.
2: Have, uh, your with me, right?
1: <coughs> well, and it's yeah. a this is a private island, so there really are not any policemen here, right? That's why you can drive that four wheeler. So. Um, what have you learned by being here and working in the store?
3: I learned pretty much. I I kind of learned how to run the cash register. I really like that. Yeah. I like that. But what I really like is we get a lot of friends here.
1: Oh, you do. New new friends, huh?
3: So we so I always like my cousin came here. Zane just came. I really like hanging out with cam and zane
1: yeah they're a little older than you and that's what makes it fun uh, right You listeners should know
2: that camden who is the one that's leaving for harvard in about three weeks is ezra's best friend totally and vice versa they have lived in the same room for a lot of years slept in the yeah. same room in maui and they adore <laughs> each other and
1: it's final so question fun. ezra what did you and i do yesterday
3: um went on a hike and we went to the lake
1: and we went, went
3: fishing. Fishing.
1: Yay. All right, Ezra. Thank you, buddy. You're awesome. Go down there and run that cash register. <laughs> Ezra's our guard, too. He's keeping people from coming in here while we're recording today. Thank you, Ezra.
2: So um, they spoke for themselves, and I think you can tell they're having quite a nice time. <laughs> and it will be so interesting to see. I mean, we grew up. I mean, our children grew up sometimes in crazy circumstances, and they are now um, reaping the benefits of that. And maybe...
1: (laughs) maybe Yeah, keep in mind that Linda always uses crazy as the highest compliment.
2: Right, right. Well, yeah, true. Um, But it has been quite an adventure being here with them and realizing once again, because they've always been this way, that it is such an amazing thing uh, to teach these children at this age some responsibility that is really important. I mean so, I don't think it's nobody feels overly worked or anything and they come and go.
1: Oh, they're having they the to. greatest time in the world and and so what do we learn from this? This rather extreme again I use that as a compliment because they're so deliberate. They have in mind what they want to teach their children and they'll go to great lengths to teach them. But what do normal ordinary everyday garden variety parents like most of us learn from this. I, I think that one of the lessons is that you have goals and you find a plan to do it. And if you're conscious of the goal, and we call it parenting by objective. If you're conscious of the goal, and if you agree that it's to raise joyful, responsible children, then you're saying to yourself, what position can I put my children in that they can learn these things? And how can I exemplify these things? And how can we set up a plan where they experience different kinds of joy and different kinds of experience. And it can be something as modest as taking thoughtful trips that are education-based or going to movies, seeing documentaries, reading books together that really expand the horizon.
2: And thinking of ways to give them responsibility. Yeah. You know, by by the time they're Eight. They're old enough to really take some responsibility, and it is really so fun.
1: And you may say, do all your children raise their, their kids like Joan and Asia? No, everyone has a different way, but I think we all just look for chances. We, we try to follow certain principles about not entitling kids, about helping them find ways to earn their own funds, to finance themselves in various ways. And... It's just a matter of thoughtful planning and trying to find your way, not someone else's way, but your way to teach those lessons.
2: So thank you for putting up with the ding-dongs and the bing-bing and the uh, back, trucks backing up and We're so on. Arminna Thanks to a our great producer. Off a barge. Thanks to our great producer, Logan, who cleans this up for us a little bit. But, Logan, don't worry. They can't do everything. And we are so grateful that you joined us today. We're glad for you to have you meet Poe and Ezra, and we will see you again next time
1: on Ours on the Road. And the final word is priority. I think if you boil it down to one word, parents who prioritize prioritize their children and have goals for them and that becomes not something that they do as an afterthought but something that is their prime goal people always find a way and we hope you find your way with your children and your family
2: bye bye see you next time